Fantastic. Thank you so much. How is everybody this morning? Are we good? It's good to be in God's house, hey? We kick off a new series this morning. Let's talk about the cost. And uh, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Um, Pastor Jacob is at Lighthouse Church in Mandarin. We just know he's going to be a blessing there this morning, preaching to the congregation there. And, uh, and I just want to say, first of all, because they don't get much kudos, I think is the word, is I want to uh, say thank you to our setup team, to you boys that set up our church. Uh, they come in here, they came in here yesterday. I just want to say thank you to you guys. You know, we're able to have church because you guys come in and set it up and pack it down. And uh, Jacob joined the team yesterday afternoon. They came in and set up. And, and when Jacob got home, uh, Tiffany said, where have you been? And Jacob said, I've been at church, setting up church. And she just ran up to him and hugged him. And she's like, oh, thank you, Daddy. Thank you so much that you set up church for us. And I thought, that's the type of heart we need to have towards our crew uh, that come in and set up. So we just want to say thank you to you guys. That's awesome. Um, let's talk about the cost. Uh, it's not a series on money. It's a series on serving God, what it truly means to be a disciple and, uh, you know, whenever Jacob starts talking to me about the latest thing he desperately needs off Gumtree or, or the latest thing that he needs from Anaconda or something he just really desperately has to have for his office or his gym, you know, my first question is always, how much does it cost? And don't tell me what the sale price is or how much we're saving because I don't want to know that. I want to know bottom line, how much does it cost? You know, Dave Ramsey, uh, the financial guru, put it like this. You know, if you're going to buy something that's on sale that you had no intention of buying, that, that, that wasn't in the budget, he says, you haven't saved 25%, you've spent 75%. And so I'm Jacob, just tell me, just get through all the words and just tell me. <laughs> he's, he's good with his words, this guy. Uh, is my mic all right? Just tell me how much it's going to cost. But, you know, before we buy anything, uh, food, petrol, house, clothes, household items, dryers, washing machines, whatever we're talking about, we want to know how much it's going to cost. Tell us the price. I've got to know if I'm getting a good deal. Maybe I can get something better elsewhere, right? I need to weigh up the cost. Make sure we can afford it. That's if you're acting your wage, of course. Sometimes we buy things and we can't really afford it and we chuck it on the credit card. But we want to know how much does it cost? And you know when it comes to serving God, when it comes to being a disciple of Jesus Christ, there's also this discussion about cost. And we're going to turn to Luke chapter 14 in verse 25. I think the Bible's turning. This is awesome. Christians being Christians. <laughs> Just kidding, it's on the screen. All right, large crowds were travelling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower, won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. <laughs> Such a powerful piece of scripture, right? 
yet so confronting. If you note as well that, that Jesus was, was speaking to the people, he was speaking to the crowds. You know, it said, uh, we just read, uh, large crowds were travelling with Jesus and he turned to them and said, so he wasn't speaking to his leadership team. He wasn't speaking to his board members or his department heads. He was speaking to the crowds. He was speaking to the people. And it was such a confrontational message, wasn't it? Yet it was so clear and direct. And he was saying to the people back then, and he's saying the same to us today, make sure you count the cost. Make sure you assess and weigh up the cost to serve me, to be my disciple. Make sure you've weighed up all these things. Make sure you're not going in blind and naive. Make sure you count the cost. You know, just as a a builder building a tower counts the whole cost, he doesn't just get to the foundation and he stops there because he's run out of money and he can't build his tower. That's what he said. Same as if a king's going to war or to battle. He counts how many men he's got and how many the enemy's got and whether he can afford to go to battle or not. And he weighs it up, he assesses it, and he makes a decision. Just as when you're buying a house or a car, you weigh up the cost. If you buy a puppy, you've got the initial cost, and then you've got the ongoing costs. You've got to think about these things, don't you? You know, when my kids are asking for a puppy, I'm, I, I might be able to afford the first part of it, but I don't know about the rest. We've got to weigh up these things. And Jesus says, make sure you do this before you choose to serve me, before you choose to be my disciple. And the question is, the same one I regularly have for Jacob because he regularly talks about these things on Gumtree and Anaconda and uh, the things that he needs for his office and his gym. I'm picking him on him this morning because he's not here and he can't defend himself. So that's what I'm going to do. But the question is, is what we ask Jesus is, well, what is the cost? How can we weigh up the cost if we don't know what the cost is? What is the cost? And Jesus talks about the cost in these verses. And there's some extreme things we just read, wasn't it? We're talking hatred towards family. Hatred towards your own life. Carrying your cross. Giving up everything. Such confronting and challenging words. Hate my family? I thought family was everything. I thought God created family. In Genesis, he created man and, and, and he said it's not good for man to be alone. So he created woman and he said, go forth and multiply. That's family. That's unity. I thought God loved family. If we jump back a few pages into uh, chapter 12, verse 51, it says, this is Jesus speaking. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. I mean, you have to ask, is this Jesus really speaking? I mean, I thought he came to bring peace. Upon, all, upon people, upon all people on this earth. You know, after I got saved, um, I, 
most of you know, if you don't know my story, I, I was saved and set free from drug addiction. And I went and, and completed a rehabilitation program, Teen Challenge. And, uh, and then after I completed it, I moved back to Perth and I moved in with my stepmother and my father. And for about six months, just until I sort of got on my feet and, um, and just w while I was transitioning uh, back into Perth. And, um, and I was reading my Bible and I was listening to worship music and I was going to church, uh, two services on a Sunday and midweek connects and all of that. And I was loving it, absolutely loving it. And uh, I remember my dad coming to me to have a serious conversation. You know when your parents come to you to have serious conversations? And they still do it when you're adults. I was 28 years old and that's okay. And, um, and he said, listen, he said, he said, I feel as if I could help save you from drug addiction. But he said, I feel like I can't save you from this God of yours. And I was like, wow, I said, I don't need saving and, and we're talking about a clever guy, you know, we're talking about a, a successful businessman, ran his own business for many years, but this was his thinking. And, and, and we had this, this conversation where I tried to explain my commitment and my devotion to my newfound faith and, uh, and, he, and, he, and my experience that I had had. And, but he just didn't get it. And it caused uh, some division and friction in the household. And, and we had to agree to disagree. We just had to. Because I was totally committed to my Jesus. And I understand that this is just a minor example and some uh, stories that you may hear where people get kicked out of the home or ridiculed or, or rejected because of their faith. And this is a minor example. But this is what Jesus is saying. That the cost to serve him could create some conflict. It can create some division. And he's saying, I'm going to call you to something that may look like hatred towards your family. Such an extreme example. I may call you to something that may look like hatred towards your children or towards your husband or towards your wife. You know, Abraham was asked by God to leave his family. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says, The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So he wasn't just asked to leave his family. He was asked to leave his country and his, and his father's household, his people. And he was 75 years old. I mean, that's retirement age, right? That's when we slow down, settle down, accept our lot in life. This is what is, is. Not unless you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. Not unless you serve the one true God. Not in God's kingdom. Serving Jesus Christ could cost us the highest price relationally at any age. The highest price relationally. Jesus was saying, to serve me, you have to love me more than you love your own family. I love my dad. He's passed, sadly, away a few years ago. And, um, but I love Jesus more. Serving Jesus, you have to love him more than you love your own wife, your own husband, your own children. That's the cost. Nothing should come between you and serving and being a follower of Jesus Christ. doesn't mean family is not important. 
Jesus said, anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. A few chapters earlier, we find Jesus explaining to the disciples what it actually means to carry your cross. In chapter 9, verse 23, it says, Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? There's a guy called John Stott. He passed away in 2011, age 90, but he was an English Anglican priest and theologian and he was considered a leader of the, uh, of, of the worldwide evangelical movement. And he paraphrased this scripture and I just think it's so brilliant. Uh, if you listen to this, he says this, If you insist on holding on to yourself and living for yourself and refusing to let yourself go, you will lose yourself. But if you are prepared to lose yourself, to give yourself away in love for God and your fellow human beings, then in that moment of complete abandon, when you think you have lost everything, the miracle takes place and you find yourself. He continues on, he says, he says, God made us for loving and loving is giving and self-giving. Therefore, in order to be myself, I have to deny myself and give myself in love for God and others. In order to be free, I have to serve. In order to live, I have to die to self-centeredness. In order to find myself, I have to lose myself in loving. How awesome is that? You know, we're all called to serve God. We're all called to pick up our cross and to carry it daily. Every single one of us in this room. We're all called to serve God. The cost is total submission to our Lord Jesus Christ. Complete submission, complete surrender. And when Jesus said we are to carry our cross and follow him, he carried it until death, didn't he? All the way to the cross and allowed himself to be nailed to the cross, to be crucified. And you know, it was Esther that said, if I perish, I perish. You know the story? Uh, she was being called by God to save her people and in order to do that she had to go before the king except if you went before the king without being summoned there was a good chance that you could be put to death and so she said in order to do what God was calling her to do she was going to go before the king even though she hadn't been summoned with the mindset if I perish I perish and this too must be our mindset if I perish I perish that in your mind and in your heart, you have committed to the highest possible cost. The degree of the cost you may have to pay is extreme. It could be the highest price relationally. It could be. It may be. Yeah, he's giving extremes in, in these verses. It could be. Are you willing? Or it could be the highest price physically. It could be. It may be that he calls you to go to a cross and die to die physically, the highest price physically. But you need to assume that the cost is total when you choose to serve Jesus. That's the cost. The assumption that it's a total cost, that you're all in regardless. So it doesn't matter what the specifics are because you've committed to the highest possible cost in serving Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what he asks you to do then. 
It doesn't matter about the specifics, where he asks you to go, what relationships he asks you to lay down, what team he asks you to serve on. If he asks you to get up early in the morning and read your Bible or to worship him, spend time in worship, if he's asking you to make church a priority, it doesn't matter what the specifics are because you've already committed to the highest possible cost that there is. If he's asking you to lay down a certain habit, if he's asking you to get baptised, to tithe, to join a connect, to share the gospel with a co-worker or friend, it's I'm yours at any cost. That's the cost. It's total surrender. There's no negotiating with Jesus. No negotiating. There's no middle ground. You're either all in or you're not. You know, you can't have a foot in the world and a foot in Jesus. You can try. It's a miserable life. But that's not what God's calling us to do. It doesn't work like that. The Bible says, don't be lukewarm. I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other. He says that in Revelation. You can't serve two masters. It's either God's way or it's the world's way. You've got to make a decision. This is what he's saying. Count the cost. Count the cost of serving me. Count the cost of being my disciple. And so when you assume the cost is total, it doesn't matter what God asks you to do because you've already sold out to the highest possible cost. You know, I was listening to a Billy Graham sermon recently and he said this, serving Jesus is costly. It's very quiet in here. Are you okay? (laughs) I know it's a tough topic. Are you all right? All right. Billy Graham, serving Jesus is costly, he said. But he said, but if you don't follow him, it will still cost you. But he said it will cost you more. He said, and two of those costs are joy and peace. It will cost you joy and peace when you don't follow Jesus, when you don't serve him. He said, there is nobody more miserable than a Christian pretending to be a Christian who really isn't a Christian. He just tells it how he is, doesn't he? bit like Jesus hey (laughs) Christians are obedient that's what makes them Christians because they're Christ's followers that's why we call ourselves Christians because we obey Christ because we follow Christ at any cost you know I was working um, at Teen Challenge in Esperance and I know I talk about Teen Challenge a lot but it's my DNA it's my life I got saved set free and and set on a new path there and uh and uh, we'll never, ever forget that. And anyway, I was on staff down at Teen Challenge and I was on the bus. I think I was on the bus back... No, I, yeah, I was in Perth on holidays and I was on the bus back to uh, the centre. And, um, and I was struggling with laying a relationship down. I was really struggling with it. And I was praying about it and, and, and I didn't want to let it go. And, and I kind of knew what God was saying to me. But I, you know when you just kind of make your head a bit fuzzy? It's like, oh, I'm confused. I don't know what he wants me to do. And it's like... You know what God wants you to do. <laughs> so anyway, I was like, I just need confirmation. <laughs> so I opened up my Bible because that's what you do when you want to hear from God. You open up your Bible and, uh, and he speaks to you, which is really, really cool. And, uh, and he says this, though. <laughs> he says in Luke nine sixty two, Jesus replied, 